0: so i want to make this very clear about the recordings that i do Um, they are my stories but i wrote them so very 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 long ago Uh, the depiction and if you've been following the stories are going continuously so the beginning you have everyone or this moment in time in the story or this planet called celestial and everyone perpetually forgets their memories it's fantasy-like, it is mysterious, but there are no CDs, hieroglyphs, anything recounting of the past. And so initially, you have all of these people um, having this hard reboot, but each poem gives an account from that person and that starting point, um, from the thoughts. And so it took me a while to actually um, depict how I want or wanted to write it, uh, and how I wanted to present it. Um, the first version of this book sounded very much like a, um, a paper, or I was actually reporting something, versus the feelings, uh, the emotions, the thought processes of going through um, something that I would consider a crisis, or crisis, um, perpetually happening at once, and then Um, More and more people um, experiencing it, but then too, not knowing the person next to them, not knowing family members, um, it's being um, thrusted into this perpetual um, shift, if you will, but then too, it's almost just a a melting pot of chaos um, of these moments happening at once. And initially it asked the question of who are we at our core, uh, nature versus nurture. Um, if one had not had um, the raising that they had, um, would they still operate the same? Would they still treat people the same? Would they uh, have this innate feeling of kindness um, to treat a stranger? Or is it because that it feels right? Or is it because they know karmically it, it is correct? Um even still um, people still operate knowing those things and when i tell this story to others they always know what it is that um, i'm referencing and so uh, later on in the story you'll have uh, someone waking up in a house that's floating um, in a giant pit um, with other houses and it, it creates this fantasy element of how did they get there when did they get here why are the houses floating um then it, too, um, it blows the the whistle on um, a lot of other uh, preconceived notions that we are so sure about, um, exceptionally when it comes to um, things that have existed for years, and when people are so sure of them, um, it kind of takes away from the fun aspect of uh, newness or fantasy. It's so rigid, and uh, I wanted to comment on that. So when people have this um, forgetfulness or amnesia even the, the one story that I referenced of the gentleman um, forgetting his memories and then remembering his love it, it, it creates this uh, unique uh, childlike reference to have the ability to go through their thoughts and emotions and to catalog them, to experience them but not feign them or uh, stave them off because it's all they have. It's literally the only thing they have to hold on to. So the next part of this story uh, deals with Onyx, who is an interesting character, and uh, it's a continuation. And I wrote this years ago of a character whom I uh, revered as a hero, and he would go into what it would be um, the proverbial fire. To save people, and people would look at him as if he was crazy, and the reason why. And in, in the meantime, um, it was almost foresight, um, as I wrote this. And he would sit and delegate with others um, to figure out what it is that is going on. So literally, he sits down with others who can speak, um, who can sit others down, and, and refugees, and to save them. Um, he has like this one moment where one of the um, delegates kind of hits on him but he's like man it's it's too much shit going on right now I have (laughs) he's literally um people are wondering why he's going in the opposite direction to help others in this time of crisis when there's nobody helping nobody and for him it's just um something innate in him to do it there's nobody in the universe he doesn't know anybody doesn't know about his name, doesn't have any backup, don't know nothing and he's just going with his instinct to help someone it's, I mean what else would he do other than mice at his own house um, at his own tools because he's a genius and um, he utilizes this gift to help others, to catalog things, to think quickly on his toes, to um, make sense of the chaotic parts of the situation and then um, arrange them or rearrange them uh, to help others. So, yes, uh, this is Onyx uh, Sublime. And thank you. Onyx Sublime. Yelling, arguing, misinterpretations, Onyx spent his first encounters with refugee delegates. Whose child belonged to whom, judging by intuition, many trusted his beard, he knew more feared. How can I tell her she belongs to you? She is her own man for it. Listen to you, your voice crackling. An angry shooter with ragged teeth went on rambling. War scarring himself the sanctuary. Does she love you? Onyx boasted, chest outright standing. What is... Then on to the next case, his delegates uh, commenced to scrambling. The tall, skinny Manfred with wild eyes had offered him much-needed help. Onyx appreciated a calm to the storm more than he knew. They communicated through sign language. In actuality, the tall one was quite funny. At Onyx's right sat an elder buxom formula. Boisterous was an understatement. And she had cast her vote as soon as the, ban- the banded Manfred pled. Onyx found her on her journey, on his journey in the city wall's stead, and found off or fought off bandits twice her size, who knew what they wanted with those wounded females? deep down she fought for the children. Onyx respected her more or less her decision to combat upon introductions. Precious indignation confused tongues lost in translation. Onyx hoped to accomplish riveting tasks conjecturally settling disputes. If not civilly, there was always the physical touch of prestige that left only one brush dipped in blood. Onyx, aware of genius, took to combat like God's glove, moving Clutter back into the mud. For some reason, everyone, the Femulas, the Manfors, wanted to save them from the silver-haired one, the vexatious turtle-doves. Onyx could feel the presence of many comparable to his own strength, intelligence with was a pile of slice for debate. Bandits crowded around when he first arrived in the citadel, burning spires, burning buildings, everything in a state of degradation. Segments of ground, trees, manfruits exploding, all in the chaos of wonder. Many grabbed Onyx as he trekked into the nothingness of oblivion. The refugees spoke in different tongues, but their eyes spoke volumes. You're going the wrong way. Onyx felt every cell in his consciousness agree. Yet his mind would not let him leave; he would lead more to safety before his time was done. Treating nothing and everything as a moment, a moment's run, running from molten, foreshadowing the rain showers ahead. Onyx thought fast on the tip of foot, calculating the stratum orbit, running headfirst into fires, uh, fire finds, Sparring the concern to reason. He would rather throw in another ingredient: mayhem. Another variable to add to his pot, hopefully not enough spice to spoil it. Onyx found manfreds torn with grief, smashed bodies beaten by destiny's feet. He lifted them with Travagore's reach, luck's speed seeped him back into view for some, others he was too late to salvage their eyes were dead from the inside, rocking themselves into the flames, the forever midnight, the time God season his effort drove the impossible slaves of congress many joined efforts with others fled for ominous intent was the dera- derivation of wretchedness wicked black flames that could not be put to rest forever flames whispered a destroyed little mess pleasant surprise that some one understood onyx grabbed her and motioned for all to follow the hollow hull of the tree in which they had met was under siege he prayed to the goddess that he would not meet another adversary the flames were alive, watching his every groove, undoing their handiwork. They allowed his did, allowed him discharge. The flames would meet Onyx again. Unbeknownst to him, the mission was a success. Three fourscore manfruits joined the conquest of the unknown, speaking into the only language needed. Survival. <laughs> Leaves burned from tattered clothes, exposing more than should. The thought of his mate reassured him that he was alone. Before the waking silly thoughts as this most inappropriate moment. The next ob- objective Object. back then was safety. Improbable odds, if only there was more to the lore, you would witness the destruction of one of the most magnificent of trees, towering over all the lands with ease, set aflame the umbrella of Phoenix's infatuation. They ran as fast as their legs would carry them into the dayless night. The first of many journeys, Onyx would prove his true light. His hands cussed the youngling while gesturing for the others to hurry, the tree fell. Fell it did, shifting the bottomless pit, crazy proportions from which the sun fell cordial. Onyx remembered the stellar cycle, but nano rhythms ago, voted a leader amongst the Manfreds by default. Relented their efforts as heaven's vice, Onyx proposed the natural ability of assessment. He could not confirm or disconfirmed their circumstances yet if they were anything like him then they were truly lost A city as beautiful as the one they left not a soul spoke of its name the true tragedy onyx wanted no part of one leader the easier it would be to make judges squeeze from tendril minds. he chose wisely those who would he could surround so the cycle they sat tallying the wounded those who could comprehend where this and that could go, provisions for the battle. There would be many. Alex sat in the corner of the group of onlooking the Lost Citadel. An argument sprouted, slaving the Grateful Dead. You <laughs> belong to me. The scruffy man, for graduated beyond sad. He demanded that his property join him on his quest to his behest. He would accept nothing less. Best him in battle. Onyx would rather settle his with chess. Why does it belong to you? The hero says. Look at our skin. Look at mine. Are you mad? Perplexed at the notion of somebody's superiority from appearance, Onyx assessed what this manfred implied. Onik Sublime Yelling, arguing, misinterpretations Onik spent his first encounters with refugee delegates Whose child belonged to whom, judging by intuition, many trusted his beard He knew none or feared How can I tell her that she belongs to you? She is her own man for it Listen to you, your voice crackling An angry suitor with ragged teeth went on rambling War scarring himself to sanctuary Does she love you? Onyx boasted Chess outright standing. What is... Then on to the next case. His delegates uh, commenced to scrambling. A tall, skinny Manfred with wild eyes had offered much-needed help. Onyx appreciated a calm to the storm more than he knew. They communicated through sign language. In actuality, the tall one was quite funny. At Onyx's right hand sat an elder buxom Fimula. Boisterous was an understatement. She had cast her vote as soon as the banded Manfred pled. Onyx found her on his journey in the city wall stead. Ansa fought off bandits twice her size. Who knew what they wanted with those wounded females? Deep down, she fought for the children. Onyx respected her more or less her decision to combat him him, upon introductions. Precious indignation, confused tongues lost in translation. Onyx hoped to accomplish riveting tasks, conjecturally settling disputes. If not civilly, there was always the physical touch of prestige that left only one brush dipped in blood. Onyx, aware of genius, took the combat like God's glove, moving Clutter back into the mud. For some reason, everyone, the Fimulas, the Manfroids wanted him to save them from the silver-haired one. Vexatious turtle doves, Onyx could feel the presence of many comparable to his own strength. Intelligence was a pile slice for debate. Bandits crowded around when he first arrived in the citadel, burning spires, burning buildings, everything in a state of degradation. Segments of ground, trees, manfruits, exploding all in a chaos of wonder. Many grabbed Onyx as he trekked into the nothingness of oblivion. The refugees spoke in different tongues, but their eyes spoke volumes. You are going the wrong way. Onyx felt every cell in his consciousness agree, yet his mind would never let him leave. He would lead more to safety before his time was done fearing nothing and everything at a moment's run. Running from molting, foreshadowing the rain showers ahead. Onyx thought fast on the tip of his foot calculated in the stratum orbit, running head first into fire vines, sparing the concern to reason. He would rather throw in another ingredient, mayhem. Another variable to add to his pot, hopefully not enough spice to spoil it. Onyx found Manfred's torn with grief, smashed bodies beaten by destiny feet. He lifted them a travel reach. Luck seeped back into the view for some. Others he was too late to salvage, their eyes were dead from the inside, rocking themselves into the flames, though forever midnight, the time god seasoned. His effort drove the impossible slaves of congress. Many joined efforts, while others fled for an ominous intent was the duration of wretchedness. Wicked black flames that could be not put to rest. Forever flames whispered a distraught little mess. Pleasant surprise that someone understood, Onyx grabbed her and motioned for all to follow. The hollow hull of the tree in which they had met was under siege. He prayed to the goddess that he would not meet another adversary. The flames were alive, watching his every groove, undoing their handiwork. They allowed him discharge, the flames would meet Onyx again. Unbeknownst to him, the mission was a success. Three and fourscore manforge joined his conquest of the unknown, speaking in the only language needed survival leaves burned from tattered clothes exposing more than should the thought of his mate reassured him that he was alone before the waking silly thoughts at the most inappropriate moments the next objective back there was safety improbable odds if only there was more to the lore you would witness the destruction of one of the most magnificent of trees towering over all the land with ease set aflame the umbrella phoenix's infatuation they ran as fast as their legs would carry them into the dateless night, the first of many journeys, Onyx would prove his true light. His hands cussed the youngling with gesturing for the others to hurry. The tree fell. Fell it did, shifting the bottomless pit. Crazy proportions from which the sun fell. Cordial, Onyx remembered the stellar cycle but nanorhythms ago. Boded a leader amongst the Manfreds by default. Relented their efforts as heaven's vice. Onyx possessed the natural ability of assessment. He could not confirm or disconfirm their circumstances yet if they were anything like him, they were truly lost. The city is beautiful as the one they left, not a soul spoke of its name the true tragedy. Onyx wanted no part of one leader. the easier it would be to make judgment squeeze from tend minds. He chose wisely those who would he could surround so this cycle they sat. Hallying the wounded, those who could comprehend where this and that could go, provisions for, for the battle. There would be many. Onyx sat in the corner of the group overlooking the lost citadel. An argument sprouted, staving the grateful dead. <laughs> you belong to me. A scruffy man for it graduated beyond sad. He demanded that his property join him on the quest to his behest. He would accept nothing less, best him in battle. Onyx would rather settle this with chess. Why does she belong to you, the hero says. Look at her skin. Look at mine. Are you mad? Perplexed at the notion of someone's superiority from appearance, Onyx assessed what this Manfred implied. He could very well be telling the truth, yet the truth bore no weight to the current state, confirming the trepidation that one of the refugees knew less than he, a most horrific thing. Now someone had awakened a memory, a fragment of the past. Curious. He would play this closely to the right. What if I were to say I owned you? You could be right. As her former owner, I cannot recall. I don't believe you can do the same at all. One flash of images. I've seen them big and small. I am wise. Please understand. Words mean nothing. But do you understand where we have been? Death's door, we have played. We have placated till we were whores of life in which flowers bloom bullying light. If you so claim this formula, beautiful as all, then I, as one of your leaders, will own you. For you will be on call, night and the coming new day. I see no difference between you and her. There is no delegation needed, foolish presumptions heeded to foolishness, time wasted. She garners the same energy as you from what I can tell, difference in sex. The youngest one of us can discern you that, at best. We are truids. We live, we die. There is no more to it silence becomes the large encampment arguing ceased but for a moment time waited for the answer if violence was the next play the night still in motion abating the gaze of all that traveled in congruence he saw their faces the uncertainty many of those faces were believed to have been smeared with dirt closer inspection revealed permanent tan glinted the sun of birth convincing an entire population in battle no man for it could take them all at once by chance, a shame, promoting an exchange the wood pusher checkmate. Zhu Swang, I understand what you're saying. The meteorites descended, a fire would have its revenge. So this is uh, one of those rare points where I have uh, an anecdote afterwards. But I wanted to briefly comment and say that the story, uh, I forgot that it had a conversation in it where Onyx literally, uh, he goes through the story. And so he has these delegates and they basically have this small group of refugees. And so one is a woman and one is this tall man one um, the tall man is a mute so he basically um, signs languages but he has the ability to ascertain a a situation with truth and he basically can say something or or with his mind and and people basically understand him he's basically a tall guy but um, he's very wise and so the woman who also is very boisterous um, sits by Onyx's side as well, and so they're basically experiencing this mass volume of just mass chaos in the city, um, There are fires going on, and there's literally a meteor shower that happens at the end of the, the poem, and, uh, if you remember from the, the previous poems, there was the meteor shower that, um, another character Oleander was participating in and so he was basically causing um, kind of the backlash from it and battling this perpetual monsters from the meteorite and figures and things like this but uh, I I introduce another element from cartoons because I watch cartoons all the time which I need to get back to um, by the way where there's a fire but it's a black fiber, and it, it cannot or it never be put out. And so uh, some of those are uh, erected as a, a byproduct of this meteorite shower. And Onyx is, once again, um, <laughs> grabbing people, going in the opposite direction. I literally even put that in the poem, and, and still helping. And so um, there's this last conversation, and the reason I made this Um, was to talk about how if no one had any memories or if anything, how would they still operate? How would you still have this innate spark of intellect to discertain or to decide what is and what isn't on the fly? And and he basically does so, and this guy comes up to him and, and says that this woman is his property and so Onyx very um, wittily and very wisely um, uh, comes to the situation and says that how could you own this person when nobody knows anything I mean you could be very well be right but hell there's a lot of things going on right now I I have to do this And, and if that's the case then I own you is what he says and and gentleman is confused, and Onyx begins to remember a little bit more of of their society or lack thereof that existed, and he basically has that spark, but he can't go or delve into that memory so much, because there's something happening at that moment, and and the fires start opening, and and the meteor shower happens, and, and the whole side of the city starts going up in flames, so yeah that's one of the descriptions and i hope not hope i know you guys understand when it it comes to storytelling how it can be uh, different and that's why i wrote it in a poetic format so that no one would understand unless they had i don't know uh, imagination (laughs) no i'm joking joking um i appreciate it and and thank you so much for listening